0: Welcome to the Dadvocacy Podcast.
1: A podcast about empowering fathers and giving insight into the male perspective.
0: Episode one.
1: This is sweet. We're doing
0: this. Yeah, this is a a thing. This is real. Um, If you don't know, this is the Dadvocacy Podcast. I'm Ryan Skaggs. I am Tristan King. And uh, this is an opportunity for dads to be heard. I think that, and it's obviously, you're going to live vicariously through us and our experiences, but we are going to provide the opportunity for interaction too. It's not always going
1: to be in the fun way, vicariously. It's so going to be a, <laughs> we're, we're going to have moments.
0: Yeah. It's a thing that it was, it is, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin said things that hurt instruct. Well, um, I think both of us have learned some very valuable lessons. So yeah. um, this is a, it's a cool opportunity and it's something that we have set out. Um, we've been talking about actually for, A few months
1: yeah at least a few months here um you know when we first met it was just kind of you know in in the kind of meeting at work and then we we chatted a little bit and man when you when you mentioned advocacy and what you're going through it was just it's strong it hit accords me because men are so you know we're we're talking about the media now in 2020 we are we are so almost a negative connotation when you say man you know and, and that that's that kind of hurts a little bit you know i'll be real I am a white male, Ryan. You're a white male, of course. We're not bad people. No. Just be- inherently, I mean, we're. I, th- I, I want to say I'm a pretty decent person for the most part. I mean, yeah. I drive a V8, but whatever. Yeah, fine. I could be nicer as a
2: nature. I, I guess. drive the,
1: the foreign vehicles. so. Oh. Well, you make up for my V8 then. That's, all right. <laughs> That's right. Together, we're a V6. <laughs> That's right.
0: We're like Power Rangers. Yeah, I've got a four and a six. So, but uh, no, it's it, this is uh, it was actually something I was thinking about on the way down here was, you know, I've got a son, you've got sons.
1: I have two sons and a daughter. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I've got one that's almost five years old. And it's looking, if you look at society now, it sounds kind of weird, but it's like there's a disadvantage now being a male. Absolutely. And and we're not looking for sympathy in any means for like being born with the equipment that we've got. Um, But you look at how society views us. (laughs) You look at how society views us in our role. And you know, it's almost frowned upon like the, the, the male is almost automatically seen as like this toxic individual. And you always, you still hear though, in some areas, well, you need a strong male figure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you hear media, you hear Hollywood, you hear whatever saying, well, strong male figures, that's, that's toxic masculinity. That's, that's not allowed. We can't have that. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. And we're going to, what are you going to do? Raise a bunch of savages. Mm -hmm. And That's, I mean, I don't think that's the goal of what a strong male figure is. I mean, and that's what we're going to touch on in this podcast. But like, there's parts of that. We talked about this yesterday. Like, what is a strong male? Like, what is a strong, a strong dad? What's that going to look like? Yeah, it's going to look like vulnerability. It's going to look like communication. It's going to look like opening up with your feelings and being able to allow yourself to live in community with others.
1: I think what we're going to do is we're going to break that paradigm. Um, We're going to, we're going to make that shift because people think that masculinity is, Super alpha, yeah. Wayne the Rock Johnson in your face, you know. I'm a control, blah blah blah, right? This huge well, not not in rock now because he's kind of soft. But. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's very much he, he's not he's more a, like
0: soapstone uh, now than rock, but exactly.
1: Well, I'm talking like WWE, was yeah, WWE yeah, it
0: was in the WWF when I was a kid, well, yeah, but, yeah, that's what I was thinking. About. Sergeant Slaughter and mm-hmm. yeah, Hulk Hogan,
1: but I mean, the reality is that is that people think that these uh, these these alphas, these these uber parents are these. Super intense males that are in your face and oh, don't come to his emotions and don't cry and don't whatever. Be a man, you know. Step up and be a man. Inherently, isn't it an evil thing to say to a child or a kid? It's that it means check yourself, double check <laughs> your emotions, and make sure your 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 emotions are are correct for what you're at. Even though feelings are always good and they're always they're always acceptable. Kind of in my house, I I always did you know. Um, it's am I overanalyzing situation and I'm like putting emotions into something that doesn't really need it right and that's kind of how I looked at it was like be a man or or man up meant just double check it is yeah. it worth validating your feelings on whatever it is because we waste our feelings and emotions on a lot of stuff on a lot of stuff that doesn't even matter yeah and it's i think still- it,
0: the root of everything that like we're trying to approach to it comes down to and i don't know where you as the listener stand but for us personally i know how you live your life and you know how i live i mean our faith is the root and you know there's pretty good definition of what a man is and there's mm-hmm. really good definitions of what a man isn't and i think that that's where you know the toxic toxic masculinity conversation or the the toxic male or even just the the poor stigmas of what dads are is rooted in that what dad what what males aren't mm-hmm. and you know we're inherently as people like flawed right we know that we're going to screw up some point in our life some more regularly than the other, than others, the only way to learn. But yeah, exactly. There's opportunities for growth. And so this podcast was, you know, kind of an opportunity that like we're given stories in our life, we go through things, we have things that happen to us, that mold us and shape us. And we can either be a victim of it, or we can be an overcomer of them, we can learn from them and grow, or we can shrink and run. I mean, there's there you have two choices. There's not really anything other than those two things. If you just kind of shrink and you you hold pat and you just let yourself be a victim of the situation, you're never gonna learn anything. You're never okay. gonna grow and get
1: better. I like think especially right now in today's day and age is that we need strong male parents to allow our kids the freedom to know, hey, it's safe here. I'm mm-hmm. safe with my dad. My dad isn't just a provider, he's not just a the that guy that punishes me or whatever. He's he's my nurturer also. Absolutely. And that way we can develop that because it just seems like in the past, I don't know, I mean, along with with masculine or toxic masculinity, it's it's that we have these figures and I mean even the media portrays it all, right? I mean, so you have in, in all TV shows inherently in the past what fifty years for the most part, the father comes home, he's worn out, he's had a rough day, he takes his pants off, he sits on the couch. Yeah. Homer Simpson. Sometimes he doesn't take his yeah. pants off. <laughs> but you've got Homer, you've got yeah. Married with Children's A Comedy, of course, but so I mean that it yeah. is what it is. You've got the Goldbergs now, right? They talked about the 80s. And then you've got. We um,
0: you have like loads. all in the family that you look back mm-hmm. some of the other generations. Um
1: And that was the father figure. He was. Yeah. He provided. He came home and he sat there. He was, and he was rough and he was <laughs> yeah. whatever in your face. Right. Yeah. And and they never really shined as a parent. It, it was always on the mom to come in and go, oh, well, I'll take care of you. Let me let me hold you. Let me yeah. nurture you. And that's just not the truth. Yeah,
0: you got Red Foreman and then oh, Kenny. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, we're trying to buck the trend. I think that, you know, the way I view things is obviously going to differ than some people. There's, there's going to be the, the old school crowd that is that. They, they see dads as, no, you go to work and you come home and, like, your job as a taker mm-hmm. is to provide for the family. And that's, that's what you do. True. But there's more. There is more. There's, there's always more. And if you're going to be a successful parent, you're going to be a successful head of household. You're going to be a successful head of your household, whether it's divorce or single parenthood or whatever. You have to have tools. They're going to give you the ability to be an effective parent or an effective leader. And that's where we're going to really touch on in this podcast, because we're going to approach all sorts of subjects, because there is so many circumstances that change the role of fatherhood. You have mental health. You've got relationship issues. You've got one, well, I mean, like we kind of listed what was a 14 different things yesterday that Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. One. We could sit here and probably this podcast could last years and probably not touch on all the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's addiction. There's, there's abuse, all sorts of stuff that's out there.
1: The biggest part that we're, that we talked about and, and specifically to us in general is that we're single. I mean I've got a girlfriend, but but I mean we're we were we're single dads. He's off We've the market, been, ladies. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry.
0: sorry. Yeah. It's Apologize okay. for that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean we're we're single dads. We've been raising our kids. Ryan's raising your how long have you been raising your child alone? Uh
0: since he was 16 months old.
1: Okay. And so my my son Christian was two. My son Dylan was one. Um and they're 14 and 16 now. Dylan seemed to be 15. That's yeah. quite a while to be a single parent, you know, raising raising children. And it's different because it's We have to break the mold as soon as we become single parents. I mean, Ryan, you're, you're 80, 90% of the time, right? 85, 85, yeah. And I'm about the same with mine. Um, I always, I I never at one point at any time want to say, don't go to your mom's. Anytime I say, hey, I don't want to go because they want to hang out with me or play or do whatever or just something something amazing. It's look, you know what? Your mom needs you as much as I do. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we always need both parents. And that's subjective also, of course, right? Um, I grew up and my, my, my parents were divorced. Um, I think a divorce when I was two or three years old. So it was primarily my mother in the household. And she had to be everything. Sure. And you know, when I was talking to you about advocacy is it, you always think if my mom could be everything to me and I can turn out great, right? She had to be the heavy and all that, humble me, everything I needed. Why can't I do the opposite? Why can't yeah, I nurture? Absolutely. Also absolutely. And play my role. And, and that's what I've done. And also I have to say, thanks. Cesar Milan. He, uh, my house is modeled after his teachings, the great Cesar Milan dog whisperer. Yeah. Yep. You've got to lead your pack. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's how I've done it.
0: (laughs) No, that's, you know, you have to, it's like humble pie, man. Like you've got to eat a giant slice when you, when you take up the role of parenthood and, and, and it sounds cliche, but like, man, the moment that child enters the world, everything for me changed. Like it was like totally different perspective. And, you know, part of that I know is there's a divine appointment with that one. Like, I'll be brutally honest. Like, there's, you know, you're given this gift. How are you going to use that gift? Are you going to waste that gift, and and or are you going to grow that gift? Are you going to water it daily? Are mm-hmm. you going to, you know, plant seeds of enrichment in that child? And and that's where I take the most joy is when I see the growth of my kid. And you know, the, as and the inherent struggles behind the scenes, like whether it's budget and all this other stuff, because it is hard doing it alone. Like, dude, I look at my friends that are, you know, married that have like a you know two parent household and. You know, there's, there's some inherent jealousy. Like, I mean, not in the, the, the bad sense, I guess, but it's like, there's the desire for that. Like I see, and I know why parenthood is designed to be that. It makes mm-hmm. sense. You need both roles.
1: I mean, when you're struggling, I need someone to go to
0: oh, dude, I need to call for backup.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, you know tap me out. Like it's, it's like WWF I'm yeah. in the ring. I need to, hit, where's my partner? Cause I need to tag out real fast. Cause I'm getting too involved or whatever's yeah. going on there. And it's, and it's
0: tough when you're like disciplining and then you have to flip that switch to comfort. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know if it messes with the kid or not. Like that's the, I mean, but at the same time, the, the child needs to understand it's okay to discipline and then comfort because you're building that connection that dad is doing this. He still loves me. It's not, it doesn't just end at disciplining you disappear. If that oh. was the case, then all you are is this strong handed, heavy headed father that like spanks and then mom comes and gives me a hug.
1: And that, that's traditional. I yeah. mean, when you think about it, that's traditionally what it is. Red Foreman. Yeah. He's swearing at the kids, and the next kid he comes in, here's a hug, here's a cookie, yeah. you're good to go, right? So yeah. I, as a single parent, I mean, it's it's tough. Um, Dylan and I, Dylan's been, been. he's an amazing child. He's my youngest son. Um, and and he's, he's hard-headed, man. I mean, and he really is. He's yeah. such a good kid, though. He's got a huge heart. But, I mean... We, we've had our struggles, right? So Dylan, at one point, um, decided to have a walkabout. And I'll tell that story later on also.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's there's very few things that are over the line. I mean, I, I always go, look, here are the things you can do. You cross this line and you have to be punished. So you sure. always know here's your outcome. I mean, I never cross that line. So as as a man or as a single parent, as, as, as a father, I was like, you know what? I've seen where parents have missed and that's when they don't continually keep that line where it's at to keep moving it. Sure. Cause they don't want to, they don't want to punch it. Like, Oh no, it's just, it's okay. Yeah, so yeah. You, you start moving
0: timeouts and then it just yeah. doesn't, nothing carries any weight. And then you lose it. Yeah. And, yeah. and so
1: you lose that respect and the child needs that respect and he they need to be driven understanding. So um, Dylan, he decided, decided to walk about, did some crazy stuff with a buddy. He was gone for like two hours. I think he was like seven or eight had no idea where he was. Dude. Oh, it was I was freaking out. Um, yeah. That's like a nightmare was, of mine. Like, yeah. Yeah. I totally. So, agree. so I get him, I get him home and I go to, go to your room, right? I'm already super, t- super ticked off. Can I say pissed? Oh yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. Yeah. I was pissed off. I was really upset. Sure. Right? So really upset. Um, And I, I was like, my, my foundation is always do not punish when you're angry. Yeah. Don't, don't make a decision when you're angry. Do whatever you can to step away from it. Hold off, come back to it. So he's up in his room for maybe a couple of hours. I get over things fast right? Sure. And I woke up there and I go, Dylan, I, I know I have to punish you. This is me wanting to, so you made the decision. This was the outcome. You you decided to go on a walkabout. You knew it was not part of the rules. Here's the outcome. So I spanked him. After I spanked him, I reiterated how much I loved him and I held him and we both cried together, dude. Legitimately, I cried. Yeah. You shoulder. don't want to p- hurt. Yeah. My I don't want to hurt my kid. kid. <clears throat> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I didn't want to lose him either. I mean, so yeah. it was a culmination of cool. fear and all of the above, but I think, I mean, Dylan, that really, that moment really brought us close because he was like, wow, dad cried after he spanked me. Yeah. And it really opened Oof. up a big world for him. Yeah, yeah it was it was touching me. I that's think it's powerful. I'm, gonna right now, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well, yeah but I mean, yeah.
0: but there's also, I mean, that's a biblical concept. I mean, like, if you really think about it, like, you don't spare your, your child the rod, and, like, you are bring a curse upon your household. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be able to punish your kid.
1: And you've got to love that kid afterwards, Absolutely. Too. And, and yeah, so you have no. to, yeah,
0: you have to lift that kid up and, and cherish him, too. And you know, and part of love is discipline. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks the same way. I mean, it's the same way in society. I think that, you know, if you are in love, obviously carries many different connotations yep. and I think we're going on a rabbit trail, but I think it's That's all following. relevant. It's all relevant. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I said yesterday, we have to, yeah. if we're, on, It's okay to take rabbit trails if you know you're on a pheasant hunt. So, yeah. um, but, but love has the different connotations and what, what is, what is love? I think more importantly, what isn't love. And if you know what love isn't, it's a lot easier to know what it is and what it looks like and what it should look like as a parent. If you know that love isn't like manipulation that, that helps you parent, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to end up. And and I say that because dad's mom's listening, whatever side, if you're in a broken relationship, like you're in a divorce situation, you're going to run into it at some point where like mom or dad tells the kids something, they come back to you and they say, mom says this, or dad says this, and it's totally different. And it, totally kind of slanders you, right? That's manipulation. Mm-hmm. That's isolation. We'll talk about, that's a subject matter. We will, I promise you in this podcast we will touch because it's something I know you've seen. I've seen it. Um, we will probably bring in some experts on that situation uh, too, I, I, but any
1: parents actually seen that it's, it's, yeah. it's not a fun situation. And then part of the discipline piece also, I'm coming to back. I'm sorry. I'm
2: going to bring it back. No, go that. ahead.
1: Go ahead. Is it if we look at what's happening in the world, just in general, we have become laxadaisical as a as a society, and said, you know what? I'm not going to punish. My parents yeah. punched me. I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's horrible. Well,
0: we've written what the definition of love is. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll go back to that point because it, that that is what we were facing. Like we're we're being told what what parenthood should look like or what love should look like. How we should parent our kid, raise them, love them, whatever, uplift them. You let know, our kids and, decide. Yes, let my kid have yeah, my kid. Well, he doesn't know what he wants to be yet. It's like well. Yeah, my kid like if he had a choice would eat pop rocks every meal for like a week until he like got sick and died. Is that being a good parent? Nope. Like, no, that's not a good parent. Like, being a good parent, setting boundaries, kids need boundaries. Everybody needs boundaries. That's why we have laws. We've had them since the beginning of time, you know. And uh, I'll, <laughs> you're giving but the ten. True. Yeah, we're giving the ten commandments for a reason, right? Like we were, we needed a set of boundaries, mm-hmm. and we had to start somewhere. Um, we saw what life was like before that. I mean, you can even go back if you want to remove yourself from biblical times, look at the Epic of Gilgamesh. Like, dude, people, gross, right? (laughs) Like jacked up. So boundaries, kids thrive in that situation though. They grow in that. And if you have a consistent household where there's boundaries, where there's love, where there's openness and communication, your your children are going to like learn. What better environment to learn from?
1: Well, it, it creates that safety net. They go, I know exactly what I can and cannot do. Yeah. Easy enough. And well, if I follow that, everything's all good. And I, I let my kids tiptoe that line. If they tiptoe the line, man, you're up to it. You know what's going to happen. Don't forget who I am.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to be
1: your, I, I'm not necessarily your best friend. And then that's, I think it's part of the issue also. Too many parents now want to be the best friend. Oh, there's my daughter. She's my best friend. There's my son. He's my best friend. Get him out of the boy. You know, like whatever. We have to understand that you can't play the best friend line with kids. No. I can love them, I can hold them, I can comfort them, but if you're a best friend, they don't respect that authority that you have in you inherently, and they're not going to come to you for what they need.
0: You know, and I think uh, the valuable lesson that was in your situation with your son, you let your kid fail. And obviously he broke some rules there of leaving the house and walking out, right? But in the same situation, you brought him back. I mean, there was, there was the reinforcement of like, this is because it's not good for you. Like, here's the the example. And I think that, you know, as, as single dads, if you're looking for somewhere to start um, in, a, in a situation where you're trying to rebuild or build a relationship with your children, it is the opportunity to, if something is negative, for there to be reconciliation. And whether that's after discipline, whether that's after you've screwed up. Um, Whether it's if another parent has screwed up, and and I'm not saying go make things better with that other parent and get back together and everything's going to be happily ever after. No, that's a pipe dream. Um, Not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, you need to give the opportunity for grace, and extend it to your kids, and they need they will in turn learn to give it to you, and that's a powerful lesson. and it's, it's really hard to learn because sometimes we're hard headed, man. Like you're like, I don't, you know, you see something that kid, my kid really ticked me off and I'm going to just like drop the hammer. And then hopefully they never do it again. Most Probably they're going to do it again. Sorry. likely.
1: I mean, yeah. that's, well, that's how they have to learn. So I think the part of the issue is that we've taken <clears throat> little Jimmy out of everything. Hey, don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get you in a situation where you could get hurt. Don't go out by yourself. Don't ride that bike. Don't play football. Don't yeah,
0: you come. Oh, you're a helicopter parent. Now. Yeah, I, mean, and, but, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's yeah. what it
1: is. So, so we've taken so much to go. I want to cushion my kid from everything that my child doesn't learn anything. Yeah, and that's part of the issue. As boys, we know that if I don't hurt myself, I'm not going to learn. I, if I don't climb that tree and fall out of it, I'm never going to learn how high I need to go. Yeah, or what my limits are. And and to say that we're limitless, yeah, you can you can grow out of the limits. I get it, but. We really have to enforce that kids have to learn. I mean, you think about other countries. There are some countries that, for recess, the kids go out into the woods with knives and start doing whatever they want. <laughs> like they Sounds say, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it totally is. But so it, it's in in my in my martial arts training, my in my career, right? Um, I never used practice nunchucks for a purpose, and it wasn't that I wanted to hurt myself. But the first time I hurt myself was a really good learning lesson. Sure, I was like, I'm never going to do it again. And traditionally, I mean, I, I never really hit myself again in a negative way. It yeah. was, it was all about that learning. And so you develop that practice faster when you not necessarily self-harm yourself, yeah. right. But, but you have to have a negative experience to go, I can grow from this or I can change.
0: Yeah. And and that, you know, we're never going to let our kid get too far. Right. And then my dad has a saying, it's like, you know, you never get more than seven days out. Like you don't, go so far that it, you're so far away that you can't turn around and come back. And because when you get that far out and there's no more reach and you let your kid get that far, or you let yourself get that far. There's no accountability. It's really hard for there to be like that connection for opportunity for correction. You don't have that, that ability that your voice matters much to your kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so in saying that, like you're, you're take you're removing the structure from your child that they're going to grow in. And they're gonna learn some lessons. And I think in business thing, you know, we're both we're both in the in the corporate world, like you know or have been in the corporate world. You know, if you're not willing to take risk, you're not gonna grow. You don't know what you can actually accomplish. You're just gonna sit there and be a drone all day. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was we actually worked for the same company and uh I left in October. It's scary, it's super scary. Do I miss some of it? Yeah, I do miss some of it because there's some nice safety nets. But at the same time, this was a challenge to myself, like what what can I do if I step out of the nest and get uncomfortable? There's a, there's a theory behind this. And the reason I kind of, we kind of touch on the subject too, is that there's a, there was a psychological study that was done. And this is part of the reason why I love dads. Like this is a cool, cool fact is that children learn hard tasks or dangerous tasks or skilled tasks better from their dad than from their mom. Why? It's like, we'll take swimming. For example, we're willing as dads have a tendency to let their children go further out in the water. And actually have a ten- tendency, we will turn our back sometimes to our child to or let their child turn their back to us in order to learn. Doesn't mean we're not 15 feet away, can jump in and grab them real quick before they drown. Like, that's what our job is, right? But they're going to learn swimming faster because we're willing to let them take a little bit more risk. We're not going to let them fail completely to where they're harmed. But we're going to be willing to let them reach a little bit further. That's why I love this role. It's something that we're given that, like, we inherently have that condition in us. That's a little bit different than a mom. mm -hmm. There's, and there's great things about moms. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love that role and I see the value in that. Like, I, as a single dad, yeah. yeah. As a single dad, I want my son to have the effective, like, effective and effective mothering relationship in my house. Like, I want to meet that person that brings that to the table. Cause I know that there's value in that. Mm-hmm. Do I have to kind of shoulder that load right now? Absolutely.
1: Is it fun though? <laughs> oh,
0: It's hard, man. It's so hard. <laughs> and the thing is like, I'm naturally kind of an affectionate person. Like I'm a hugger, mm-hmm. but so like the, the snuggles and stuff like that, when the, you know, I, I'm sick, good, man, dude, I, I, dude, I, when I kids love kids it, sick. man. I love it. It's yeah, the best thing. absolutely. I don't love seeing them sick, but like that whole, like closeness and stuff like that, they do calm down a little bit. Calm- <laughs> i'm just gonna point that out there i mean you know but no i see that get the most work done if my kids know um (laughs) (laughs) but uh but no it's like that that connection i do have that ability to be affectionate Mm -hmm. it's it's hard because there is the i don't know i think it's different though like if you look at the role and i think it's hard to describe as a dad because we're not moms right we don't have like that then there's we can be nurturing, but it's different than a mother's nurturing right I mean, there's
1: i can't even I can do my best to understand, yeah, but I can 't see through those eyes no, I mean at all yeah so i'm I'm just kind of cross my freeze, and we're like, okay, well, this is what I would want, you know and and one of the rules in my house is always act with love, right absolutely, um no matter what you do, act with love, so this is
0: where I want to bring my mom in,
1: oh kiss you to be able to describe mom, it, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she totally get that, but yeah it, it's it's always been no matter what happens in my house, I first look at it with love. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why um, my past generations were tough on their kids was because they had it harder. Sure. And, and I mean, you think about it, sure. you know, if they were out farming or whatever, had to do work all day long, all yeah. that stuff. Cause that happened. There was no then. automation. Like yeah. let's,
0: let's be real. And like, so
1: they had to be harder. Their kids had to be up early. They had to be on point. They had to. Do all they that. wouldn't
0: have like, food on the table if they didn't. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And that kind of is gradually it's softening for a reason because, we have more automation. We have more technology. We have all that. Call
0: Uber Eats. Like, I don't want to make dinner. It's like, yeah.
1: I mean, how lazy are we? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, let's uh, we found out a lot in the last nine months. <laughs> exactly.
1: Holy smokes. But I mean, it's incredible. So I've always, I've always been, you know, love first. So before I discipline, before I do anything, I think, what was I like at that age? Did I have to go through this experience also? Sure. Or did I do something like this? So, you know, my son, Christian, he's 16. He's got a girlfriend, right? They've been dating for I don't know all his life. I don't know, maybe a year. I, I have no idea. I'm really bad with, with time frames. Don't ever ask me. <laughs> and you gonna, won't get a straight answer. Yeah, it'll you'll never a, happen. You'll get a different answer but every time. I have to go. Okay, at that age, how did I act? What was I about? And and think he's probably going to do the same stupid crap. Sure. Right. And we all will. Our kids have to go through that. And so, if anything negative happens, and it hasn't, because they're they're both great kids, but if anything happens where where he's upset or she's upset or whatever automatically I have to take my son's side. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, really? Right? Mean, yeah. like, honestly, right?
0: No, I uh actually heard a great story and I'm not to interject on you no, but um my pastor told me a story and it was like and I'm like, man, like it's kind of a, it's a cool thing. And it it's about taking sides, right? Like he gets married and the first couple of years was rocky or something like that. And they get into a huge fight. And he calls his dad and he's like, dad, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can last. I'm, I'm uh, just, uh, I'm about ready. I think I'm going to call it quits. And his dad goes, well, what are you doing for Christmas? He's like, why do you ask? He's like, well, I know what your wife's doing for Christmas. She's coming to our house. So are you coming or not? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be willing to take the other side of the perspective. And there's a lesson in teaching that too. And, and, and I don't know if that touches on what you were getting when no, with your does. kid, but yeah,
1: like, so my mom, she will call me out on everything. She'll go home on your side. Yeah. I love you. You're doing the wrong thing right now, but I love you and I'm on your side. Yeah. And I, I think that effectively, that's what we need to start doing as, as parents also. Sure. We are, we're too much not calling our kids out without showing them love. And some parents will only call their kid out. And I mean, that's a horrible experience, but you still have to show them the love. Hey, you're wrong. I love you.
0: Yeah, I think it takes taking a deeper look at our expectations of our kids. Sometimes we have low expectations.
1: Well, gosh, I mean, you know, when my kids were younger, probably eight or nine, they would do dumb stuff, right? Yeah, well, they're kids, yeah. Eight or nine. And and as a parent, you're there 24-7 watching your child grow for the most part, but we're... Enjoying the time, right? And so you expect more out of them because you're, oh, I've taught you this five times in a row. You know better. Yeah.
0: How many times have you said that in your life?
1: But it's true, right? Yeah. So, oh, you know better. And then you're ready to punish them. And I go, man, you know what? They don't know better because they're eight, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Sobering
1: thought. Yeah. It, it is, it, you have to kind of, you always have to bring it back and go, man, how old are they really? They're not 20. I forgot. Yeah. You know, like every oh, single absolutely. time. And it's so tough because you're like, I told you 20 times not to do this. And they're only going to stop when they learn that lesson. Well, yeah. And
0: the thing is, too, is go back to your childhood. Yeah. When did you hear that? How many times in your life did you get a
1: nickel for every time you heard that? Mm-hmm. Like, How many times were you late like coming home? <laughs> Think about it. My, <laughs> my Yeah. You had friend. every excuse under the belt, oh, I was I lost track of time. I,
0: I mean, granted, yeah. I didn't have a cell phone in high school. So, like, I mean, that was kind I mean, of some excuse in that. Oh, I didn't have a ride back to town. You in know, middle school,
1: for... I was I was two houses away. My best friend's house. Yeah. And I was late. Every single day getting home from his house, my mom would be like, Go there till this time, and I'd be like, Okay, well, it's uh,
2: it's subjective,
1: yeah. It's <laughs> kind of
0: what's the difference between precision and accuracy? Yeah, like, and,
1: <laughs> close enough, I guess. I swear I left so, his house right on time. I don't know. Six
0: o'clock is a subjective term, it's and, in the six o'clock hour. We're
1: talking literally. I was at the top of the hill, he was in the bottom of the cul de sac, and the cul de sac wasn't a big one, it was two houses in the bottom of it, and that was sure. it. nothing else.
2: I was late every time yeah kids we're just dumb man i mean that's yeah. just how it is so well, i think
0: we still carry
2: that as parents yeah i mean like
0: how many times you catch yourself like saying something you're like dude i'm a freaking hypocrite
1: <laughs> like, So we, it's always checking yourself and it's funny yeah. because you know my mom right now she's always like we we've had conversations and and she's like looking back and all the times where she could have been a better parent man if, if you're a bad parent you never do that but if you're a good parent Every time you discipline or every so often, you're always going, I should have done it better. I could have done this differently.
0: One thing I've been very cognizant of doing, and it's actually making a huge difference in the interaction with my kid, but I've always been really good about saying I love you. Like I don't leave him somewhere without telling him that. Like I don't want to leave terms without ever not being said. One thing I've started to do a ton and been very aware of trying to do it is saying you're sorry. When you're wrong, like sometimes you'll argue with a kid and like they'll tell you something and like you just don't believe it, like it's ridiculous or whatever. Um, but they did like wash their hands or whatever. You see, like you go back in the bathroom, and there's water everywhere, you're like oh crap, like I he they wash his hands. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> and coming back and and telling your kid, like you want to see the purest example of grace and forgiveness? It isn't a kid.
1: Oh, it's amazing when you say you when you admit that you're wrong. Oh my gosh,
0: it's like dude, but, it
1: like and that's that's a prime example because yeah. kids have no know I can say yes, I'm wrong. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the other day I told my son, like, I got to argue with him because like, I didn't think he went poop. <laughs> he may listen to us someday. I'm like, dad, come on. But yeah, We're I mean, that, that's the dude, he's four years old, right? Yeah. Like, if you have a four year old or any child under the age of seven, the poop argument happens, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll And if it hasn't, it will, believe me. You'll have yeah, like, where did It you is the for. hostage negotiation. And the hostages are brown, and they go in the toilet, and they stink. It's it's yeah. but
1: but it's where did you go? Yes, sometimes is the bigger key.
0: <laughs> His was, you know, well, did you go? Well, yeah, I went, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily believe him because, like, you know, he didn't. I was like, did you wipe? You know, like, I'm getting, I know, I'm getting very in depth, but you're and, a parent, man. Yeah, and,
1: and most of the time, this is a female, is a a motherly conversation, sure. Not not the men talking about, it, but we're, we're single dads. So yeah, we've had to have the conversation. Yeah, we've had to go there.
0: Yeah, and so and then I found out that that he did, you know. And it was like, and I walked out and I was like, and I grabbed him and put my hands on his cheeks, and I'm like, I'm sorry for not believing you. I'll do better. And yeah, and I, see, and, you. And then, I see you doing that. And and I, I was like, can you forgive me? And he like gives me a huge hug, and he's like, I love you. And I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> why can't I be like that? You know, mm-hmm. and and and. Uh, I think we can. Like, I mean, that takes a concerted effort. Yeah. But that, like, for me, was like the affirmations. Like, if the fact that my kid had that reaction instead of "Dad, go away," so let you know, me like, know that I was doing. So- I'm doing something right, and then there was some some affirmation in that.
1: And man, if you keep going down that path, it, it's amazing. You know how how back in the day, kids were embarrassed to say goodbye to their parents. Mm-hmm. Dad dropped me off. I'm I'm out. Right. Yeah. Don't even look at me. Don't make eye contact. Right. Yeah. My favorite thing. About my kids is that any time, no matter where they are, when I get off the phone, they say I love you. Yeah. No matter what, if they're at school, they say I love you. From the bus, they say I love you. In front of everybody, if they're downstairs playing video games and I call them from upstairs, they say I love you.
0: Yeah. No matter what. No, oh, my son's the same. Like he'll just randomly do it now. Mm-hmm. Like, Dad. I'm like, what? He's like, I love you. I'm like,
2: oh.
1: I know it's amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I mean, especially <laughs> in my in my boys' age, fourteen and sixteen. It's not cool to say love you" to your dad. Yeah, I mean it's it's not.
0: This should be. I mean, mm-hmm. dude, my dad's my hero. Yeah, and I did a crappy job. I mean i I always said I love you to my dad, and I do. I love him dearly. He's my best friend now. I mean, I think it, the roles change as you get older. Like I, you know, it's he gives great insight, great advice, and you know, he's what a best friend should be, right? I can't wait to have him on. And yeah, I know he will be on the show. Mm-hmm. I Guarantee you. Um, but at the same, in the same token, too, like. I need to plant those seeds in my son because I, I I coached 14 years. I mean, I coached high school sports and you know, I would, how many times have I seen a kid and their parent and a dad, especially, I always watched that role. Um, say, I love you. Like, you know, after events and stuff like that, I didn't see it very much. And it bugged me. And I'm like, is this where we're headed as a society that like we're afraid to show emotion as dads? Like, Our dad's really like that. Just, Hey, have a good game, pal. Go get him, champ. Weird. Right. And I'm like, that's it. Like, what if something happened right there? Like after that meeting and like the kid gets on the bus and you're driving to the game and something happened. And I say this because it's happened Mm -hmm. and something happened to that parent. And the last thing that you say, you didn't say, I love you. And, or, I mean, or if you had like a cold conversation with your kid and you just didn't really show a ton of interest for like a week, you know, they leave like my dad left, but he didn't really care. You know, and like that affects me. Like I look at that and I'm like, I never want to have that happen ever. And, you know, we could take the mental health thing and, and to, you know, we look at our age group, right? We're in the age group now. I just turned 36 last month.
1: I'm 41. 40? Yeah. I don't know how old I am. We
0: are in the largest age group of being affected by mental health and suicide. Mm-hmm. Like from 30, it's 35 to 54 as far, as males are and away, not even close. The ones that are most affected by suicide.
1: And that number increases when there's no father in the house. Absolutely.
0: Oh, dude. It's, and it's not just like a marginal increase. It is a substantial it's increase. Massive. Yeah. Um, children of broken homes. So I, I see that. And I, I put a lot of weight in that with my kid. Because I'm like, man, I'm going to be active. My dad, and I'll say this about my dad. Never, ever, not once missed a single game or event. That's amazing. I was a three sport athlete through high school. I mean, played four sports all the way through junior high and, you know, I even was in band. Like, I mean, he never missed that stuff either. And I mean, my mom wrestling matches were tough for her. Like I gave her grace on that one (laughs) because I could tell like, yeah, it looks uncomfortable and it's just weird. Right. Um, If you're not a wrestler, you don't get it. Um, But my dad was a coach too. I mean, like he coached my my T-ball teams and then my baseball teams and he would, coach my flag football and stuff as a kid and that's stuff that I'll never forget and it wasn't because necessarily he was there just for me he was there for all my friends and like that you I mean that's the part where I lose my emotions because like I think about my dad being there for kids that didn't have dads too
1: that's it speaks volumes I mean it's so I minute mean, stuff um I adopt everybody my kids bring home yeah <laughs> I mean look it's it's I'm excited for that yeah.
0: opportunity at times. Like, yeah. I really am because I love kids. But. And, it,
1: and it really is great. It's, it's kind of weird. I don't know about you, man, but when I was a little kid, when I was, um, gosh, when I was a teenager, I always knew I wanted to be a dad. I yeah. always knew I wanted to be a dad. Um, I used to write poems about it. I used to, when I babysit, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, hey, you're babysitting now. It was, as soon as I was next to that kid, it was on. I was babysitting. I was a protector. And I just always knew that something in me said, you're going to be a dad. You're going to be a great dad. I don't know if I'm a great dad. I hope I am, you know, and that, that's, <laughs> oh, you your fingers, right? I, would, I would say yes. You, I mean, you just, you just got to try, right?
2: Um, Sometimes
0: just, that's what being a great dad is, is, just the willingness to give an effort. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn along the way. Like you're going to make mistakes, say, like, forgive yourself, ask for forgiveness, do better. Like just yeah. keep moving on.
1: But it's like, you know, if my kids are a reflection of, of my parenting, I'm overjoyed. Yeah. I'm good right now. You know, I, I can call it that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just, you know, the whole aspect I think is, is amazing. So to bring it back though, people need to know we're not here to bash women.
0: No. At all. No, because no. we, we both, were, I, I think we've been pretty clear about that to begin with. We respect we that mean, role. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to create an argument for somebody that's not here to defend themselves.
1: But we want to be real also. So Ryan, yeah. of, of the kids you coached, what the, the kids that came from just a single mother household were they different than the ones from a multifamily household or just a single father household? I mean, how did, how did that relate? And, and not to, not to call it one and say, look, you know, you're bad parents cause you're not. No. Again, we're going to reiterate that. I want to know what's the difference. I, I remember uh, when you were with Shane, when you were talking with Shane, you said there was, there was a statistic about um, boys that grew up with fathers were less promiscuous
0: less likely to get inc- involved with criminal activity, less likely for drug use and um, abusive relationships, less likely to exhibit abusive behaviors. Yeah. It, the stats go on and on and on.
1: And that's, that's being raised by a single mother, right. Mm-hmm. Um, And having no father in household.
0: Yeah. So if you're in a single mother household um, with no pet dad, like I think grandfathers have, have an influence, but at the same time, it's, the generational gap I think does there's a there's a design on why we're we're, you know, within the range with our kids because there is some relatability. I think when the grandparent enters in, it doesn't mean your grandparents can't love kids and raise them. I know some kids that live with their grandparents that are great kids. Yep. Um, I also know that there's the squirreliness though too. There's because there's a lack of energy, it takes a ton of energy to be a parent. Oh my gosh. Dude, it's nuts. Right. So there's there is some some lack in that way because I think it's the activity part is where it gets tough. It's keeping up with your kids.
1: Well, I think it's understanding also because I I compare myself. We were the generation that got video games, right? We saw so, the internet
0: yeah. show up when we were in like elementary school. Cell phones. Cell phones showed up like junior high. I remember my
1: first cell phone, man. That thing was expensive. I had like, like 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, I didn't get <laughs> I had to wait until like nine o'clock to text or call your friends. It was ridiculous, yeah. right? So, I, mean, <laughs> I played Snake. <laughs> Snake was the best game yeah. ever, right? They were indestructible. What cell was it, The Kyocera, like 6140 or whatever. It was like, the Nokia, man. Oh, Nokia. There it, it is. The yeah, It was the best phone ever. If you had a Kyocera, you were like the kid that was like.
1: Yeah. Everybody modified it. Yeah. Oh, it was so amazing, right? Had like an orange but, cover on mine Yeah. Yeah, mine was clear. All the lights. It was great. Sweet. I mean, I loved it. But I mean, it's one of those things. It's as the technology and as the generations change, everything does also, right? So my grandparents wouldn't understand VR. No. No, absolutely not. Virtual reality. Didn't mean to smack the mic, sorry. (laughs) That's right. They wouldn't understand an Xbox One or One X or the new X. Or They wouldn't
0: explain a Nintendo Switch to like an older person now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. It's just, I mean, you're like, what? It, it yeah, is fa- Facebook Live. What? What is, what is so, that? <laughs> one of my favorite things is my, my best friend, Dustin. Um, when we were growing up, he, he used to play Asheron's Call. It's like World of Warcraft, right? Sure. Everybody should know what that is if you're in our generation. Okay, not everybody. It, it's a... If, if he spent a lot of time at home, I did. Okay. Yeah. So all right. it's a no, game, go right? ahead. It's a go on. Talk about online.
0: Contra, and I'm all over it. So oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> left, left, right,
1: right. So yeah. he would play this thing for hours, right? Sure. And his grandmother said to him once, "Don't get lost in there. We oh. won't be able to find you." Oof.
0: There's a statement,
1: right? Yeah. And, and so I don't know if she meant it like, hey, mentally, don't don't check out and only live in that that I that yeah. reality. But I also thought she was thinking. Maybe he can get lost in a computer, physically, and never come out. Something like Tron or whatever, right? Sure. Um, so having having grandparents raise our kids with the kids' new technology, it, it's much harder for them to grasp that transition. Also,
0: yeah, and I was in the I was in the the uh, the classroom you know, in the education system for five years, and the thing that I noticed the biggest difference on between coaching and in the classroom was the kids raised by grandparents struggled academically really more than other. It was the technology, the disconnection there and not having the ability. A lot of them like, you know, if grandma had a computer, it was old, right. There wasn't like, you know, they're still running windows 98, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there was not necessarily some of the same access. And I still think that that exists today. I know it exists today because I have enough parents that are friends that are parents with kids in the school system that, you know, when COVID hit, you know there was kids without a computer. Yeah, and one there's just the disproportionate amount that like you couldn't afford it. Some of it's just the generational thing that you know my grandma that I live with doesn't understand them, so she doesn't have one.
1: You know what's weird is that in our generation we we learned everything mm-hmm. and we had to right. Yeah, we had we wood. Had Did you have wood shop? Oh yeah. Yeah. See, like yeah. I had auto mechanics course. Right? Yeah, metal with, shop. Even even at home. So when computers came out, we learned how to use them. Right. Sure. Here's the weird part. I ask my kids to turn my computer off. Guess what they do? Just take a guess.
0: Let it sit there until it goes to sleep.
1: They turn the monitors off. (laughs) What's a tower? Yeah, right? Right? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, no, man. We have five computers in the house. Turn the thing off. And they're like, boop, boop. And I'm like,
0: no, it's not off. It's not off,
1: man. You got to shut it down. What do you mean? Wait a second. (laughs) Hold on now. You grew up. Computers have been around since you've been born. You grew up with this stuff. How do you not know this? Right. So it's kind of it's it's really interesting to see that we didn't take the new technology for granted at all. And now there's a so big, that huge disconnect with what's going on in generation. that They only know how to turn the monitors
0: on. Yeah. So if you're listening to and I'm not trying to digress, but just that you're still listening to us. You're getting to know us like this episode. One is just targeted at getting to know Tristan and I. And and we're touching like 30 different topics because we're going to get in depth on all this stuff. And um, so I just wanted to clarify with that. So you're kind of the, the, the engagements there. I think that we have a great opportunity because we're going to get to know each other too. Um, you know, we, we worked together, but this is more than that now. Like we're actually like, like we said, we're, we're, gonna build just, right we're, now. Yeah, we're building right now. We're, mm-hmm. we're laying the foundation and we're, we're doing the site work in order to, to build that friendship. And I think that you get to join us in this experience because it's going to be, I think pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we're going to hit subjects that I think people are going to laugh about because we've all had that. Um, I am really excited about talking about your P experience and my P experience. It's, a, I mean, it's, a, yeah, <laughs> I'll be real. Mine's amazing, I think, for the most part, only because it took five or six years to figure out what really happened. Yeah. Because now it's beyond the time frame for punishment.
0: Sure. You know, like, you know, we we shared war stories about potty training and everything, and war um, stories about relationships too. We've both oh, been yeah. there,
1: and we have to dig into yours. I we mean. will
0: dig into mine in this episode too. We will get some of the groundwork laid for mine because. Um,
1: well, man, cause... I say let's let's start.
0: Yeah, go right? ahead. I mean, yeah.
1: We've had so many tangents. Let's jump into it. Ryan. Let's let's talk about your story. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so now start. the gloves are
0: off, and we're going to get a little dirty here. Um. So yeah, I mean, I've been divorced since 2017. Um. Had my son majority of the time since he was 16 months old pretty rare situation um i'm aware of that you know and it's something that i don't take lightly i'm considering myself incredibly i don't want to say it's not burdened it's i get to carry the flag in a sense there's some pride in that because and it's not in the negative connotation of pride like there is i can't screw up I almost feel that way. And it's dangerous ground. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking oh, about. Totally. Where I feel like I can't screw this up. I'm not allowed to fail because if I do, it just proves the stereotype to be true. And they will continue to not give dads majority of the time ever again.
1: Well, that's been my, my driving force. You can't fail. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. You can't. fail. And
0: guess what, Tristan, we'd fail. Mm-hmm. How far though? Cause if I, I, there was a, you know, a coach that I worked with, that would say this and he, and I, and I love Dan to death. And I hope he's listening to this podcast too. But, um, He said, if you fail, fail fast, right? Get it over with so you can get back to your feet and get up and move on. You know, if you fail in a relationship, fail fast. And if you're, if you're married and struggling, and I'll say this to the dad's because like we've been there too, you know, if you're going to fail, get your failures out of the way now and start building towards better. Right. And mine ended in divorce and there's stuff that happens that's outside of your control. And I, and I'm going to be very careful with protecting information. Um, because there's stuff I can't share legally. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to court over. Um, there's also stuff that I don't want to share for the sake of my kid listens someday. And I know that he needs to have like full disclosure at some point with what happened. I will let him figure some of that stuff out for himself. I'm never going to discourage the relationship with his, his mom or um, you know, unless it becomes toxic. Like if it becomes dangerous, you know, I'm going to help him be, f- I'm going to fully disclose things. And there's things that he'll find out in the next couple of years. He's been asking questions about things. And I think he's starting to see some of it. He knows that there was a disagreement. He doesn't know what exactly happened. Um, but I'll just start out. Like when you go through divorce and, and I'll even start out in the marriage, right? No, I mean, I mean yeah, I'm
1: bringing from, from the,
0: yeah. So <laughs> there's, when you don't have full disclosure in a relationship, you're walking on deadly ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know the whole story going in. And so what, what I was given the information that I had in my hands and had seen wasn't matching the fruit that was showing up now, like so around. I find,
1: no, I, I totally don't mean it. I think people understand this also is that even, even before when when you get married, you actually get, it gets real. Sure. You know, when you're dating, it's a totally different story. So I, have, I have this, it's 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 almost a six month rule, but it's like a ninety day rule. Also, it's a kind of an old school thing. Is that people typically get real between ninety days and six months? Yeah. you when you're dating, now that's only real for dating, right? Yeah. And I'm air quoting this if so <laughs> you yeah. can't see it because that is real for dating because that's the truth, right? Because some people still don't maintain the reality. Once you get married, once they get comfortable knowing hey you're there, yeah, that's when it gets real. That's when the things come Oof. out.
0: And when that happened, there was some huge red flags that I just stepped over and I thought it was stress, right? I yeah. mean there's There's things that like people go through, and um you have your inherent issues, and I'll broad stroke that and you can plug in x, y, or z mm-hmm. um that's where I'm protecting stuff um when you don't find out all of the issues is when it's deadly I mean that you're withholding valuable information that if you're expecting to save valves to somebody and for sickness and in health and for better or for worse and um, you don't know the whole And company' <laughs> sure, like, yeah. You're like, what am I doing? Yeah, you know? yeah there, that, There's just too many people out there that,
1: that become what you want them to be.
0: Yeah. And then place. you throw in the hat, and I will talk about this at length because it's something that I think we've both experienced. But um, it's something that in society today is a absolute freaking plague is narcissism. 100%. Uh, narcissistic personality disorder is real, and it is as freaking ugly as, I don't like, know. I mean, like I, I put it up there. It is a kiss of death to relationships. I will say if you're with a narcissist, the statistics of you being in a healthy relationship with that individual, you would have a better chance of winning the lottery. Actually, I would put it when like the better chance of like how votes came in for Biden.
2: <laughs>
0: so like in the probability, not to good political in this podcast, but um, it's like, it's like, yeah, winning the lottery two or three consecutive times. It's just not going to work.
1: I think the hardest part is the advent of social media, the advent of Instagram, all that stuff. Even though we're on it. You can live a fake life that everything's
0: great and it's horrible in the background.
1: Do you know people that post a selfie and then pull it down and put it back up because they didn't get enough likes?
2: Yes. 100%. Filters.
1: Yep. All day
2: long. I'm calling you
0: out, ladies. Mm-hmm. And I know some dudes. There's a lot of dudes. There's dudes. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, let's be touch real. Us up. Yeah. Some yeah. 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 Let's give myself some 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 more broad shoulders, Ooh. and instead yeah, of why not? instead of doing some extra shrugs and uh, military press, you're gonna.
1: My jawline's not good enough. Let's take care of this. Yeah,
0: I got that double chin going. I got to, you know. We're not on video for this episode, yeah. so we don't have to worry about that one. But you guys don't know yeah. what you're seeing. Yeah, exactly. What it's, you're not Take it or leave it, ladies. We're the known unknowns. <laughs> I am what I am. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, when you when you throw the narcissism in on, in on a relationship, um, it gets ugly quick. And I saw it a little bit now that I've, I'm able to, like, pull myself away from things that's been far enough away. Like, what, what are I, the red flags? What, I mean, what? Dude, what were... man, it was. And just give us
1: generals. Give us some ideas of like, what did you?
0: She wanted commitment there and there. And there. at one point, there was one point where she wanted the, me to commit right away. They're like, we're going to get married. Like, you haven't proposed to me yet.
1: How long has it been? Just at that so
0: point, fun. it was like a year. Okay. And which isn't out of the norm, but like, I'm I'm a patient and person. It though, takes too. me two or three years to yeah.
1: somebody I love them. Because I want to know in my heart that this is the actual fact. Sure. That I love you beyond anything. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to be sure beyond a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. And, okay. you know, I, I keep a close circle of friends and I'm not going to let my friends make my decisions for me, but I bounce stuff off of them. Like, dude, what do you think about this? And, you know, and the biggest thing that I have now been great at, but I wasn't necessarily great at, was like, you know, a good tree can't bear bad fruit, a bad tree can't bear good fruit. I wasn't looking at the fruit and I was just looking at the tree.
1: It's a nice looking tree.
0: Yeah. I mean, the tree looks good, oh, but yeah. you don't, you don't care what's coming off of it
1: don't taste that fruit well don't don't read into that don't please t- <laughs> don't taste the fruit <laughs> but
0: um <laughs> we went there. My bad. um no what but i wasn't looking at, at at the i guess relationships right i mean i should have looked at like what's her relationships look like outside of me and her
1: well how were, there are none right oh wow
0: yeah, what's the family dynamic like outside of things
1: See, that's a big one for me. The family dynamic. If if they're I want to hear them laughing with their family, sure. I want to see that relationship. I want to see the brother-sister
2: relationship. No,
0: there was that's what I want family around, but what I realized was it was always to get something. Oh. And that's where I'm like, I missed it, where I was like thinking I'm like, oh man, this is a great they do things together. And there was always like a a caveat, like, oh yeah, I'll do this for you, but or this. And like that was that's not healthy. Like no. there's not growth in that. And and so, you know, I I'm going to church and she's involved. And, you know, my buddy's like, dude, I think you should marry her. Like she's, she's at church. She's helping with the kids ministry and all that stuff too. And, you know, like and it it appeared, yeah, it appeared on paper. Yeah. Paper, right? We went through marriage, premarital counseling. You know, he gave the thumbs up. He married us and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. we set a date and I mean, I proposed and we set a date and actually weirdly proposed on Christmas day, which was <laughs> I, men i don't recommend necessarily yeah. that's um,
1: not a gift you want to give on christmas day oh, no. make something else special
0: yeah make make some some other day special um but yeah um you so, know so so we get married right and okay. i'm not kidding you the day after we got married it was a different person like scary wow. yeah like things it was like a mask came off so what changed some stuff i can't talk about
2: okay
1: then the, the, what, um... the, 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 some
0: stuff came out that i found <laughs> out about that it's like whoa this is deeper than I thought. Right. What also changed though was like the dynamic between us, like the lack of communication, coldness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was married to a ghost. I sucked at communicating because every time that I tried to communicate, it was taken in a negative connotation. Like I was attacking. It may not have, and it may have been a voice that way. I don't know. But at the same time, like you get stuck in a point where you're like, I don't know how else to say this, but like, dude, you're mean to
1: me. You know, (laughs) and talking, you know, to, to people, my mother, I mean, in general, everybody, Oftentimes, when we communicate with somebody, if I tell you, I want a Pepsi, I want a
2: Pepsi. And we can go longer.
0: So I'm just telling you if we're looking at time. But um, But if I tell
1: you I want a Pepsi, I want a Pepsi. Sure. But you understand and you go, man, I feel like he really wants a Coke. Because sometimes people interpret that. Sure. And that's part of the issue is that if I'm telling you exactly what I feel and you're trying to assume what my feelings are. Yeah. (laughs) No, I got you. No. Take me for face value. This is what it is. If I want, if I want chocolate chip oatmeal cookies, those are my favorite. Dude, I'm gonna be real. My mom used to own a bakery,
0: by the oh, way. Oh my gosh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my mom. And see yes, please. Some cookies, and then like some,
1: <laughs> some 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 Rice Krispie treats with the fruity pebbles. Oh my gosh, Fruit Loops. Fruit really, Loops,
0: what? Yeah, or the uh, Crunch Berries.
1: Okay, that sounds good too. Dude, no, legit. Things, so, but if I tell you this and you go, man. If I say, I would like those, and you go, he really wants cookies. No, I don't want cookies. You want, oh yeah, you want oatmeal like raisin. <laughs> I want this specifically. So don't, don't impart feelings on it. I, I'm telling sure. you what I need, right? And I think a hard part is that sometimes in a relationship, you tell the other person, here's this. But they're feeling a certain way, so they take it in a totally different direction. Yeah.
0: And, I, and I'm a firm believer in like the, the five love languages. I don't know if you're familiar with that. 100%. Too, but like, yeah, if you, and if you're listening, go find out what you are. Before you are, and if you're in a relationship or you're struggling in a relationship, sit down with your partner, find out your love languages. I'm not kidding you. It will change communication. It will. Even bigger. Even bigger.
1: um, I've read all the books. Loved them, right? Yeah. My favorite one was the five love languages for kids. Oh, dude. And the reason why, and the reason why is because you learn their love language. And so you go, Hey, and and I do this with my kids often. I, I try and do it every three or four years. And I go, look, Dylan how do you know I love you? And Dylan goes, well, because you tell me. And I'm like, okay, how else? And he goes, because you're always giving me hugs. You tell me how good I am at things. You give me things. And I go, great. Your love languages are words of affirmation, gift giving, quality time, quality time. Yeah. Right. Done. And it's hundred percent. And every little kid will tell you, well, mommy does this. Daddy does yep. this. And that is their love language. So yeah. Fill that bucket.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that, like I hold a lot of weight in that. And I wasn't great at recognizing it initially. Sometimes it gets to a point where I don't want to say things are too late. There are decisions made by the other party that have already sealed the fate. Uh,
1: there are times when it's too late.
0: Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, I can go into that and like, yeah, there was infidelity. And not on my end. And I'm probably going to face some heat for that one, but I don't care. But, it's okay. Um, you know, I, I was going to counseling. I got to the point where I'm going to counseling thinking that I'm jacked up that I'm like going through depression and I have anxiety and I have all this stuff. And I'm talking to, to the counselor and, and he's just looking at me. He put his hand on my shoulder. And he's like, do you have a best friend? I'm like, well, I mean, they're all really busy. And I mean, I have friends, but he's like, no, like somebody that you regularly talk to to just do life with. I was like, well, like start there. And it kind of like made me step back. And I'm like, you know, what, have, what have I been doing through all this? And there was a bunch of stuff going on in the background of my marriage and, um, it involved me being alone with Owen for three months.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, I found out a bunch of information, how I found out about it. Like I, but yeah, I found out about everything. Typical right? I found about the important stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I found out there was no saving. And I went and met with my pastor and I'm like, man, I mean, I'm thinking that like, I'm this heathen for getting, wanting to get a divorce. But I'm like, I failed as a husband and I'm doing all this. Stuff. There's stuff like we inherently have things that we didn't bring to the table. There's also things that are out of our control, right? We didn't make those decisions and they've been made for us. And also divorce can be part of God's plan. It's not his design, but it can be part of his plan to tell a better story.
1: I think the greater part about that is it's not his design, but you have to learn. So as humans, it's not him going, this is your path and you're going to walk this path. Here's your roadmap. Yeah. It's us going, we've got some decisions and Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a decision. And I'm going to trust you.
0: Yeah. And the biggest one's like, god i'm I'm in a position I have no other choice but to do this and to trust you.
1: well, it's real. I've been married twice, sure right. married twice. I'm still friends with both right um one was was my first wife, and I'm still friends with her, sort of politically, we don't really get along, so we but don't talk a lot and you know that that's normal that's fine right um and then and and then my boy's mother, um you know we're still. We don't talk on a regular basis. We don't whatever. Everyone's normal about it. It might be cordial. We're, we're yeah. friendly. Yeah. yeah. And we for sure are because, you know, I understand I was in her world that long and, and I, I, no matter how long you go through a divorce, you still love the person because you made that choice. Because sure. Love is a choice. It's an action. Yep.
2: Right. It's a very, and I'm always to going to do that.
1: And I'm always going to try and support her and her husband also, because it's just necessary. Yeah. I want my kids to know they're safe in both places. Um. But did, I mean, was it God's plan to say, hey, yes, marry these people? Maybe.
0: I wouldn't have my kid. Yeah. And, I mean, and, th- and that's how I look at it. And I go, yeah. you know what? I got if the I best gift of anything. And I'll, I would do it a hundred times out of a hundred mm-hmm. if it meant that I had my son. Like, but yeah, I think the biggest part
1: is that in my first relationship, it, it was weird because I was emasculated without even knowing it. Oof. And it yeah. wasn't. I don't know Dude, if it was no even area. intentional, right? I don't know if it was intentional. I was so young. I was 18. Yeah, I mean, true. I was really, I was just a child, right? I had no idea. Um, but I think without understanding that feeling, I didn't know what else to look for going forward, you know?
0: Well, and you grew up in a household where you were just with your mom, right? Like, you early, yeah. yeah. And so you didn't know what that role looked like, you mm-hmm. know, necessarily. So you kind of got to define it. And you're, you know what I mean? How how do things go when we try to wing it sometimes? Like I this? Mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you end up with a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Mean, <laughs> this is therapy. <laughs> No, um, well, yeah, that's the joke. Yeah, <laughs> women, women go to therapy, men start a podcast. Yeah. This is how we do it.
1: But, but the reality is that. I mean, so, so God might, I divorce might not be his divine plan. For me, it took two to realize how valuable I was to myself. Sure. How much I loved myself. How to love myself. Personally, that was a big one, right? How to love myself. Yeah. And just myself. And to realize that, man, I'm happy alone. And I'm happy parenting alone. And I feel fantastic. I can go home. But I still want to share that with somebody. Yes. I to, no, I, I hear you. I, th- want to, I want to sit down and I want to put my phone to the side and I want to watch the goonies with you or whatever fantastic movie and have those moments connect where we go, we just experience that together.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I now will say this because I know that like there is incredible freedom in divorce. If, if you're with an individual, that's there's the toxic That's suppressing you. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not how that freedom is supposed to be designed. Like, let's be honest, like, but you find value in yourself. I found how strong I was, you know? And so the day I file, it was hard, man. That was a tough decision. Like I'm sitting there praying. And I literally like shedding tears on the, the paperwork. Cause I'm serving myself. Like I'm serving her myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And just saying, my like, God, if this is your, and I talked to my, like I said, I was meeting with my pastor. He's like, you know, this is biblically sound. Like this isn't, I mean, this is, if you're going to divorce, like it's, this is what God specifically said in his word, like you're. You're going to be held yep. without fault, you know, and we all have faults. So I mean, like in, in, in God's eyes, like it's not a sin because I'm not leaving because I'm going to leave for somebody else. Um, and if you don't believe this podcast I, is yeah. still for you, it's, it's
1: still for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Ryan and I are both, we have, we have amazing, great, strong faith. And that's the backbone of, of who we are. Yeah. But I'm, cl- I'm going to let Ryan lead faith-based and I'm going to set back and step back because I can pull apart the two. Sure,
0: and, and I, I can not. as well i think i I'm cognizant of but I was going to say though, yeah
1: it even if it's a sin, you have grace for a reason oh, for sure, and that's, and I, that's, I think that
0: whether you're whether you are a person of faith or not, grace exists right yeah, okay oh, oh, so grace mm-hmm. and um so in that situation where I filed i mean it's it's a pretty period like how many women get served by their husbands unless the husband's like cheating and Or like, I mean, there's like situations like, but it's just like you find out and you're like, all right, I'm done. And like the
1: amazing part is that it sounds like you didn't file with anger.
0: Oh, I filed out of like one protection for my kid two protection for myself. I wasn't going to let my emotions and my mental, you know, capacities be influenced by this person. It was a Mm -hmm. toxic relationship. I didn't value myself. There was things that, but I got, I was meeting with the counselor and he told me and I was like, I told him like, I'm filing for divorce. And He like nods his head. He said, congratulations. And I'm like, shouldn't I be like,
1: welcome to freedom. No. And he goes, he goes,
0: he goes, but yeah, he goes, but when it's not you, he's like, that's a freeing moment. We realize it's not like Ryan, listen to me. This isn't on you. And I'm like, but it's affecting me. He goes, yeah, but it's not on you. Like, you don't have to wear this anymore. And he's like, you know, you don't have depression. You're dealing with a toxic relationship. You're dealing with these heavy things that you're walking through. You have no outlet. You've got no safety net. You've got no connection. There was, I mean, I was removed from my family. wasn't even able to come over. Man, you
1: know the biggest thing, and and I don't want to name names, but um, my my brother, um, I love him to death. All of my family, I love to death, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's just that when you when you go to that relationship, there are so many men who's going through something tough like that. And their spouse or whatever goes. I don't want you talking to your friends. I don't oh, want you to your family. I don't want, you I don't want about, your family I don't want you here. Any connections? Well, then
0: it started to become like there was excuses for them to not be there. Like mm-hmm. then what you not saying you can't talk to them wasn't good enough. There had to be like reinforcement to make it so.
2: Yeah.
0: And that was like once I realized like the ruse was on and I like caught on to it. I'm like, holy crap! I'm out. And obviously, yeah. you're empathetic. I yeah. can
1: tell you're an empath. Obviously, oh, I mean yeah. that, that's a given. But you were thinking the entire time. Well, I got to honor my, my
0: vows, fault. man. Yeah, it was my fault and I've got to fix it, yeah. man. I'm a guy. Head on, let's fix it. Yep. I'm There's no I I fixing that stuff.
1: Like once I get married, I'm married forever. Selling and, the
0: car sometimes is the best fix you can have, instead of spending all the money going to a mechanic mm-hmm. when it's just a lemon. And yep. I don't want to say that person was a lemon, but that relationship like got it was so a lemon. Yes, it got so toxic it was killing me.
1: Because we can talk, I mean, you can have two amazing people have a great relationship Get into a relationship. And they're oil and, and water, water, man. Exactly. Yeah. Not compatible at all. And they're, they're just fighting and fighting and fighting yeah. to make it work. And you're like, man, what are we doing? And, and then, I'm
0: not here to attack anybody and and kind of hope I'm not coming off like I'm just like rolling this person under the bus. Well, no, we're just we're, this but, is your story. Yeah, and it's and, my and story so and it's perspective. my perspective on what happened. So here I am, you know, with a 16-month-old kid. And, you know, sink or swim, buddy. You're, you're on not, the boat.
1: The One of the easiest ways to... Get over a relationship is to get angry. And oh, we boy. know that. You've heard that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Get angry. It'll work.
0: Dude, I refused.
1: And see, that's the tough one. That's yeah. where you struggle. I didn't because... want to
0: make decisions out of haste because those are the ones that'll sink you. Yeah. When you start making hasty decisions, and you ask anybody if they're in, I mean, I've been in business long enough that like you see the results. If you make a hasty decision, mm-hmm. you're going to pay for it five, six years down the road.
1: And this is why I, I wanted your story out. Because I knew you weren't doing this out of anger. You weren't this angry, aggressive man that was. That was just. I'm so upset. You were. I thought this through. Yeah. I I emotionally held this. I wrote it down. Taking care of. I knew
0: it. And the thing is, I'll tell guys like, if you're going through this stuff, or even women, you're going through a relationship on its way out. Right. Know what you know. What you're worth. One. Yeah. Know what you are. Know who you are and what you are.
1: Remember your value.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And hold and write. I'm I'm not kidding you. Write it down and put it on your freaking mirror. Because you cannot forget those things. And, you know, I'll take the faith-based aspect of it, too. I mean, know what God says about you. You know, and if you if you're not of faith and you want to start somewhere, that's a great place to start to
2: know what somebody thinks about you and your worth. And, and we're not talking
1: pronouns here.
2: Uh, we're not him, yeah.
1: her, she, there. Well, no. I don't know what it is. I,
0: you are loved. You yeah. are accepted. You are somebody strong. You are. I mean, there's all these things. that like Your role. You're a provider, mm-hmm. you know, you're empathetic. You're, there's these things that, and it and sounds funny. very, it sounds very like self-fulfilling. Yep. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be like, you're so freaking broken. You don't know where to start.
1: And you have to build the blocks. Yeah. And you really do. Cause you really have to re- And if
0: you're going to rebuild sure things, things like you better have a solid foundation because if you're putting yourself back on like Tinder, Coming out of a relationship and you're thinking that's where you're going to be built. Dude, you're going to be sunk faster than anything in the world, dude. Like you have no, there is no foundation. You start putting it on people. Yeah. People fail you, man.
1: And your value is not based on the people surrounding you
0: either. No. Even if you're putting it on your career, career is not going to fulfill you. Mm -hmm. You have to know what your value is first before you build on anything else. So you
1: deliver the papers. Um, The horse is going through and are you in the process of finding your value now? What, I mean, what are you doing? What's different?
0: I dude, I jumped in full feet with at church. I uh I like got into community, man. Like the thing that I was starred from, that was like put evidently on me that like I realized I needed people around me. And not just anybody, people that are gonna speak life. They're gonna let me be heard. That's much like this podcast. Like we're this is the design to be heard, right? Mm-hmm. But they're gonna let me have my story and they're not going to fix me. They're just like, and I had a friend that drove up from Moscow and like, dude, I cry thinking about this once in a while, like how much this meant to me. And he's now the the worship pastor of real life here in Coeur d'Alene, but um, he drove up from Moscow. I told him what was going on and he just sat with me and drank coffee. He maybe said 15 words and it was the most impactful statement I have ever had anybody in my life, like outside of my family, That's the most impact anybody's had with me. Like it was just unbelievable. Somebody would like take time out of their day to drive 88 miles to come up here and just sit with me and let me freaking throw rocks into the lake. I mean like, come on, who does that? And you
1: explain what you mean by throwing rocks? I know what you mean, but people need to hear this because this, (laughs) oh my gosh. I mean, if if I was a therapist, write this down therapist, honestly. Um,
0: I would put every, I would speak all the negative stuff that I was told.
1: Onto one rock. So one under, thing on one rock. On one rock. And then you'd what?
0: And I'd throw it in the lake.
1: And it was just just that So my was... buddy
0: wasn't sitting there with me when I was doing this. Oh, I was using metaphorically <laughs> throwing know, rocks but, when I was with him. But like,
1: but this is amazing. Yeah. People... So
0: I went down the lake and I literally would like, you're not a good provider. I would speak it onto that rock and I would get mad. I'd freaking squeeze that thing. And I couldn't get rid of it fast enough. Right. And I would just freaking huck it and in the And these are things that you were told. Yes. Everything that I was told that like I was led to believe. And where? Like you have, this is, I'm being given an identity by somebody else. And that person was my spouse. Right. And it's all this negative stuff of you're lazy or you're whatever. I mm-hmm. mean, you can, you, you know, you've been in situations like that. You know what you can hear. Right. Yeah. I was speaking. In, things,
1: you can even impart them on yourself. I mean, yeah. That's a big part of it. You don't realize that once you start believing. The well, if lies, you're familiar
0: with gaslighting, like in a narcissist, that's what it is. Is it's the gaslighting is them imparting that into you. Like you're, they're actually trying to cleave it into your identity and beat you up in such a way that they can own you and literally suck your soul. And like, you start and that's, absorbing that. You oh start boy. believing the lies. Oh boy. I mean, so you're
1: speaking these lies onto rocks and tossing them.
0: Yeah. I don't have to carry them anymore. Did it,
1: how did it feel when you were done?
0: I felt like I like I'd lost probably 150 pounds. Dude, I was freaking crying like a baby too, though. Oh, and you, like and you I was, mean, yeah, 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 and you know, I, it's okay to cry. <laughs> Let's be honest, like commercials. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, I'm not gonna say go I watch cry like go watch the Sixth Man. Try not to cry. No, any
1: Hallmark commercial ever?
0: <laughs> Come on,
1: stop touching my souls there.
0: But uh, no, it's um, it was it was freeing, and like, and I had I had my wedding ring on, and it sounds dumb, but like, dude, it, it was like. Kind of my Lord of the Rings moment where I got to throw it back to Mordor, right? The I mean, Lord I, Ring. yeah, I took the wedding and I freaking hucked it in the lake. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't care. Like, it was, it was over and I didn't have to wear it anymore. And everything that that thing was built around and it was supposed to represent the unity, mm-hmm. that unity was built in something unhealthy. And some people are like, man, that sounds super petty. I don't care. <laughs> Let's be honest, but no, it was it, it was an opportunity to not have to carry that anymore. I got to set myself free, and I know who I am. I know whose I am. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, my faith was was growing exponentially at that point. I had people praying for me. I mean, like that that alone was just powerful. The, the allowing other people to impart them into you and invest in you, whether it's with time, talents, emotions, whatever. Like, dude.
1: It's incredible when somebody wants oh. to pray for you with if you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Having somebody take that moment to do that for you. That's a selfless act, man. Completely, yeah, completely selfless. Yeah. Right. To do that. Even if they have their they're laying their hands on you and if you believe it or not, or whatever, if their hand is on you and you're praying, having that that contact, that touch, dude. all the good, all oh. the everything. Oh my gosh, man.
0: Yeah. Powerful. Right? Oh absolutely, I mean, yeah. And it's, and it's the connection that there is the belief in you, that things are going to be better. Mm-hmm. There's a better story to be told. And that was the thing I kept having to reiterate. It's like, man, this sucks. This sucks. I mean, how many times I was sitting in my, I would, you know, find out something or like you're going through the divorce process and you get mad about something and, you know, like, especially when you're trying to break trauma bonds yep. and I'm, I'm, I'm using some heavy terms with you guys. So if you, if you're not familiar You know, I can post some resources on our uh, Instagram page at uh, dadvocacy.podcast. But I'll I'll post some stuff in there that may help you um, with with understanding narcissistic relationships, guys and women. Like, this this is not gender specific. I mean, I know plenty of people that have been through them. It goes both ways. And I know, like my, I mean,
1: I know people have been with them at work. And we need to develop. We're going to develop more on those flags too, because I want to make sure we're touching on yeah what flags Ryan saw that were felt. I mean, because yeah. really, we, we got to follow our gut too. Yeah, I mean, if like when there's withdra- something crazy
0: somebody that's withdrawn, right? I mean, you know, you can get into the intimacy side of things, but like, dude, I was I was married to a ghost. I was living with somebody. Like, I could hear them. I could hear all the bad stuff and the scary stuff. But like, there was no sleeping in the same bed. There was no, you know, it was like if something bad happened, you heard about it, like hey, you didn't do this today. I was like, well, yeah, but I was at work and did everything else today and mowed the lawn and you know, mm-hmm. fed the kid and played with him and all that other stuff. But there's the one thing that you didn't do and it's the most important thing, right? Um, it's, yeah, it sucks, man. Like it was hard because you it was so withdrawn and you, you said your vows to somebody and you're hoping that it changes, right? I went to bed every night praying that God would fix it. Well, he knew what was going on in the background. He knew mm-hmm. all of the other stuff that was unknown to me at that time. And he's like, I got this. Don't worry. I got this. And it wasn't him saving it. It was him saving me. Exactly.
1: He was carrying you. The yeah. Exact
0: time. And he rescued me, man. Like that's, I, that's how I view it. I'm, I was rescued.
1: And I think sometimes we need that situation.
0: Yeah. Um, we, I wouldn't we need, I wouldn't have enough. I wouldn't have this podcast and this opportunity to have this story. I'm not going to waste it. Yeah, It was given to me for a reason. I'm not wasting
1: it. Well, No matter what side you're on, if you've caused the issue or not, God gives us moments to develop who we are. Sure. The courage to process something and to make changes through that process. Yeah. And I think really in the situation, you needed, you were missing something that needed to be dealt with to find how incredible of a person you are. And I don't think, I mean, people, in, unless they know you, they don't really understand that you're a great person. I mean, you're an amazing guy. Um, and you had to find the value yourself. Yeah. You really had to build that. So let's take it back. So you, you're, you, this is, I, I assume you were throwing rocks before the divorce.
0: Uh, It was right around the time. time. Yeah. Okay. Right around the time. So you filed the papers. But I mean, I was going through that whole summer, you know, just my kid and I, and, you know, managing the household, man, it was like, here's introduction one-on-one on single parenthood, <laughs> even though I was still technically married, but it was like single parenthood one-on-one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and, it prepared me for what was to come because
1: who was the primary caregiver during the marriage i mean i mean in, in, it I'll was weird i mean because like opinion. he was
0: an emergency c-section so i mean like the first month i was kind of taking care of both of them okay um you know with changings i mean i don't did you I, change I, Dude, i diaper? attack diapers oh yeah dude i didn't diapers don't fall it's like got deer and elk like and, changing, changing a diaper is nothing
1: I always make sure I change the first diaper. My yeah, oh, yeah. The first, the one's first always, one. Was, it's always a weird one, too. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's a tar baby diaper. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. Yeah.
0: So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like the black ink of a squid. But mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, no, but it it's. um, it So were it, you it wasn't a bad or? mom, though. Like, I mean, it was weird because. Very nurturing. It was just to you then. Yeah. So it was. I didn't fix the marriage. Like the baby didn't fix the marriage.
1: Well, never does. Yeah. Yeah, and that's brother.
0: what I mean. That's where I'm like, you know, there was there was other stuff going on in the background and that the child was gonna fix it mm-hmm. and didn't fix it. And so then I was a failure because the child and then I almost saw it as like the kid was failing too because the kid wasn't making it better. Cause so I started to see like a little bit of withdrawal. And did she withdraw from the child or just you? Well, when she left for three months, I mean, yeah. I mean, how could you not kind of oh. withdraw from the child too? Yeah. And so um
1: that would be a big sign right there. Yeah.
0: But there was stuff involved with that too. Of course. But um still absence, right? hmm And you know, it's like I didn't get mad. I was super empathetic and understanding. I tried to be super supportive of what was going on. And to, I mean, you can talk to your boss, because he was my boss at the time, about what I was going through. And the support that was there was unbelievable. And I'll never forget it. That was a little loyalty from people around me. Like, dude, it was super natural how people were like taking care of me going through all that stuff mm-hmm. well i could so i could take care of somebody else or like support somebody else i couldn't physically be there with them but i could sure as heck take care of everything else outside of that space to make sure that the transition could happen and or, or the healing could happen or whatever it was and, and so like it it was a slap in the face too when i found out about everything that had gone on i'm like it freaking hurt man it like totally that's i think more than anything it was the betrayal was the one that was so hard to overcome and if you haven't been there before i don't know if you really understand that level i think everybody's you may have had like a girlfriend cheat on you like back in high school like she made out with your buddy or whatever this is different like when you were completely totally invested in something it was like a death and you go through mourning um and that's where i was man i was in mourning like i was upset like you go through like the, was it the seven stages of grief or whatever mm-hmm. dude i went through all of them in a day like and then but it was like for three months you know I, mean, I know we kind of talked about this before like you'd sit in your car and you'd freaking pound the steering wheel or you would be you know you'd have insomnia for like three days consecutive and then you'd sleep for an entire day you know there was the i was lucky that i have a family around me that was during that time like and still to this day have been incredibly supportive you know they never let me fail and then we talked about starting this podcast they didn't let me fall like far Mm -hmm. enough, too far they let me go through it they didn't take it from me well you
1: had to yeah
0: and my dad you know my parents recognize that like you've got to walk through this This is your story man you've got to walk through it and it hurts and i can't imagine as a parent seeing your kid go through something like that feeling helpless oh because there's nothing you can do that that makes breaks my heart for my parents Mm mm-hmm it's like, so there's, it's really hard not to feel like, man, I've been a heck of a burden in the last three and a half years. <laughs> and, but it's not, it's, I mean, it's different though, because you're not a burden because it's love. Yeah. That's selfless, man. That's what love is. I mean, would we do the same thing for our kids? Well, I mean,
1: we'd do the same thing. Dude, I'd sell my
0: house and my kidneys and my liver. I would be a freaking vegetable if it meant like saving my kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was, there was sacrifice, man and it's something I'll never forget but it's I'm better for it. It's given me this opportunity to to tell a story to help other people. Like, yeah. dude, this is what I've been through. I've been there. If you're like sitting there and you're feeling like a lump of crap because you know, and COVID's done a number on relationships, man. Oh, I I've gosh. been talking to friends and it's just like the number of cases of infidelity, the number of just toxic relationships that people are stuck in right now because they can't leave because there's not anything available. You know, abuse is going on right now. Like it's it's a, it's a bad situation, man. Mm-hmm. But if you're sitting there and you're feeling stuck, it gets better, man. You just have to take, I mean, and I don't want to say that like flippantly, it gets better. And you can, all it takes is like that first step. I mean, if it's leaving a toxic relationship because there's, there's valid reasons for it, you know, do it. Or if it's talking to a counselor or talking to, you know, if you got kids that are affected in a, in a relationship, talking to CASA or something okay. like that, you know, like there's, there's outlets out there for you to get help.
1: And we're hoping that this podcast brings awareness. Sure. I mean, that's a big one because a lot of people aren't, when you're in the situation, you kind of put blinders on yeah, and you really do because you want to make it better or whatever. But yeah, there's just, there are things that you need to make, make yourself aware of to go, look, is this healthy for me? And should I be here? Because the reality is in the world we live in right now, domestic abuse is
0: huge. So how do you go through that as an NBA strong male? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's like that, that was the question. And that's why we're here. You know, and, and we'll touch the legal aspect and like, there's a lot to this story. I mean, this is like one on one, fifty thousand foot view. Yeah. And I think for a matter of time's sake, I think we're going to work That's towards wrapping fun. up. But like, um, it's, it's a deep subject and it's something that doesn't ever get approached. And we got to take it and we're going to take it in a classy approach too, though. We're take a funny yeah. approach because there's there's a lot. I, mean, there, I there's, there's humor in all this. <laughs> there's any times where we're gonna
1: cry. We're probably gonna. We're definitely yeah. gonna cry together. We're gonna laugh together a whole lot. I hope. Yeah. I mean, if if we had recordings of, of setting up, just that'd be entertaining as all hell. People would love that. But yeah. I mean, I think the reality is that we really have to deep dive into some subjects, um, raise awareness, raise flags. People don't understand that there are very very few resources for men. No. In general.
0: Yeah. And if you're a single parent, dude, how many how many outreaches have reached out to you as a single dad? Zero. Yeah.
1: And then, even if you Google it, they don't exist. Single resources for fathers. It Doesn't happen. The state doesn't have anything for you. There's they're just there's You can get a website called Divorce
0: case. Attorneys for Men. And even then it's just another attorney trying to leech off and, and have a niche market that they're gonna make money off of. Mm-hmm. Um it's this you want because to know, when
1: you walk into court, you're just the father. <sighs>
0: dude. Yeah, Thanks for, you're welcome. Thanks for putting salt. I know because, <laughs> but, but yeah, if you know my story and if you get a chance to, um, he's referencing my, my good friend Shane Needham has a podcast called secret secrets for, for success. Um, it's on YouTube. If you want to, I'm going to, it's actually been posted on our, it's on, on our, yeah, it's on our yeah. Instagram page. Um, but go watch it too. Cause that's what really kind of got this ball rolling mmm um, but there, you'll find out some of the legal aspects that I went through, too, in that podcast. And we'll, we'll touch on it again. And we'll have Shane on the show, too. Um, but, you know, you're not just a dad. And I'll reiterate that again. Like, because I said that in that podcast, and I mean it. Like, you're not just a dad. You have a valuable role. You know, you have the opportunity for comfort. You have the opportunity for boundaries. You get to bring a lot to the table. And don't waste that role. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing is growing that role. If you think that you're okay, you're just doing all right. Why not do great? You know, and, and that's where, this is a great opportunity for us. Cause now we get to be held accountable too. Mm-hmm. If we're going to, if we're going to talk about this subject matter, we got to get better ourselves.
1: I mean, we're here to sharpen each other also.
0: Absolutely. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another, like, like Absolutely. we got to stand on that one. And we talk, we, you know, we'll talk at length about this, but as a dad in today's society, it is not easy. We are put to the test daily.
1: And let me bring it back to all these pronouns, and dad's still a bad word. I know. Or man or father is still a bad word. A million pronouns. Yeah. But we're still a bad word.
0: But you say mom.
2: Yeah. Mom's okay.
0: Mom's okay. And and we've am like, my mom's my best friend, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I love my parents. But we recognize the value of our role and we want to empower you in that role.
1: And if we want to hear your stories too. I mean, that's going to be a big part of this. Yeah. Is it's not just us. We want to intertwine and, and help people out. So, I mean, if if you go to our advocacy Instagram, D A D V O C A C Y, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dot yeah. podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and Instagram, put up, put up your story. Yeah. Give us a message, yeah, message, us, man. Yeah. Send us
0: a message, and, uh, dude, I gladly give you a call. Like, if you put in, if you want us to text you or give you a call, like, I love. Co- grab coffee. Yeah. if you feel if you feel yeah, if you're
1: if you're not local, let's set up a phone call. Let's talk. Let's yeah, we'll Let, do a zoom. Get you on the podcast. Yeah, we'll do yeah,
0: seriously, on. we can zoom call. Like, I mean, I think we could have a, a podcast where we set up like five or six different people and we just answer random questions. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of stuff and not even answer, let's talk. I don't want to fix anything for anybody. therapist. Yeah, no, I'm not a licensed counselor, but I've just been through some crap.
1: And <laughs> we all know women love talking to other women. They love getting help. Women are awesome at it's communicating. Amazing.
0: Yeah, we suck. Well, I mean <laughs> So we're trying to change that.
1: We're awesome at video games and talking mm-hmm. during a video game or
0: fixing or like you know, you know
1: hand me that wrench. Yeah.
0: I gotta put a deck up this weekend. you wanna come over and grab a case of beer? I mean, like we're great at that. Yeah. And we'll we'll have general conversations, but nothing really that deep.
1: So we want to make this impactful. Yeah. Let's have that deep conversation. Let's what what's burdening you? What's let's on not, your mind?
0: Let's not waste our stories. And so we want a chance to uh to talk to you and share with you. And I hope this reaches some of you. We're going to continue this conversation and it's going to get messy. It's going to get awesome. Like it, I mean, don't, don't just stop at episode one. I think that there's, there's a deeper story and there's, there's some life-changing stuff that's going to take place uh, for some people that really need to hear this. Absolutely. So we want to thank you for listening this week. This is the Dadvocacy Podcast. And remember, I'm Tristan. And I'm Ryan. You can follow us on Instagram at dadvocacy.podcast. Go in there, give us a follow, give us a like. Thank you. Hey, it's Ryan and Tristan, and thanks for coming back. Yeah, be sure to follow us on Instagram at dadvocacy.podcast. Rate and subscribe to the podcast as well. And make sure you tune in every, uh, I guess, we're weekly or bi-weekly or whatever we're going to show up. So Quite make sure, sure yeah. yeah, you can be notified when we come back with a, with a new episode. And make sure and join us.
1: Smash that like button i smash it.